Hello, and welcome to another episode of the In Between Podcast. My name is Darby, and I'm here with my two dear friends, Mike. Hello. And Bethany. Good day. (laughs) Good day. (laughs) But it is a good day. It's a really good day. We're excited to talk about Epiphany today. We haven't recorded a podcast in a long time. We're a little rusty. It's fine. It's fine. We're going to let it roll. So right now we're in the season between the end of Christmas tide and the beginning of Lent. Mm. And this, the length of time of this season varies widely from year to year. Sometimes it's long and sh- or sometimes super short. Um, and uh, we're kind of in a medium type year. So we've got this episode coming out and another one coming out on Epiphany to kind of help you think through the questions and um, concerns and opportunities of this season as we then begin to think about Lent coming up in a little while. So um, do you guys have thoughts on Epiphany? What does Epiphany mean? Epiphany is this word that means manifestation or revealing. Um, and so historically, the church has uh, celebrated this time, um, uh, just acknowledging um when the when when Christ was manifest made manifest the world, so Epiphany is is seen through the eyes of the the wise men, the Magi coming, following the star. Um, it was the first time the the Gentiles were introduced to this Messiah who thought was thought to just be for the Jews, but it was for this Messiah was for the whole world, and and so. Uh, we look to that story, and then um, we look to other other ways in which Jesus, in his life, manifested himself as God. And the other two times are uh, the baptism of Jesus right. and the transfiguration. The transfiguration. Yeah. When Jesus and two of his dearest disciples are on the mountain, and Elijah and Moses mm. appear with Jesus, and he's there in his glorified state, conversing with the two great. Um, <laughs> figures hmm. of uh, the Jewish faith. So those are the times that we think about Jesus manifesting himself in scripture, hmm. where something new about his character is shown to the mm-hmm. people around him. Um, but when we're in the season of epiphany, we're also really interested in exploring what it means to experience manifestations of Jesus. Can I say that? Is that too wild and is that too radical to say? I don't think it sounds too Jesus wise. manifesting himself to us now. I mean, it sounds radical because we just don't use that language. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm. I'll go for it. But I'll but the it. apostles use that language all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm thinking about Epiphany working in two ways. So as we are, we can't manifest the character of Jesus out of nothing. Right. Out of effort. Because we've probably all tried that. We know that doesn't work. I've I've tried that. It doesn't work. <laughs> but um, it, it sounds like you got to be Jesus to people. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, just be Jesus. To <laughs> we just got to be Jesus to the world. You, no, you you're not Jesus. It sounds like the saying on a coffee cup or something. <laughs> yeah, something cheesy. Yeah, like yeah. Like it's supposed to be easy. Like it's supposed to be something that if you mm-hmm. just just during Epiphany, if you really think about it, every day you really give it your best try. Mm-hmm. You could do that. But it's my experience, and I think probably some other people may resonate with this as well, that we have to experience him 
manifesting his love and his presence to us mm. before we have the the nuts and bolts that we need to manifest his character to other people. So yeah, it comes outside from outside of ourselves. It right? comes from outside of ourselves. Yeah. And it, it, it kind of goes with the idea that where Jesus talks about towards the end of John and where we are abiding in him and he isn't abide, abiding in us. Mm-hmm. Like we can't abide in him without him abiding in us mm-hmm. through the power of his Holy Spirit. Right. And, and so, I don't know, manifesting the character of Christ to others can only happen if the character of Christ has been manifested to us through our faith being in, in him and us willing to be changed by him. Mm. Um, so the first way that we receive manifestation of Christ is through the word. Yeah. Through scripture, through the spirit, converting your heart and regenerating your heart mm-hmm. every day because yeah. you know, that sin and that, that struggle to, to wander, I think rears its ugly head in, in different ways every single day. And mm-hmm. so it's this constant, abiding maintaining that relationship Mm -hmm. pursuing the lord and then out of that christ is made manifest out of your own character towards others towards Mm -hmm. the watching world i also think about um there was a period of time when my husband andrew and i were discussing is is it appropriate to use icons or not in prayer because Mm -hmm. like i'm kind of drawn that way his training is sort of very conservative reformed uh his that's his background and so he was like well no because you know the 10 commandments teach that we're not to have pictures of jesus Mm -hmm. and his argument was that the way we see jesus is in the lord's table Mm. so i've i don't know that i agree totally with where he's coming from i Mm -hmm. feel a little more freedom around that but um it has helped me a lot to think about the Lord's table as a picture of Jesus mm-hmm. that Jesus himself gave mm-hmm. to us mm-hmm. to think about and return to mm-hmm. on the regular. Mm-hmm. I love it that our church does weekly communion. communion. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tangible experience of the Lord. It's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's a weekly tactile uh, manifestation of Christ yeah. to us. Um, but we have to approach it that way too, mm-hmm. with an expectation of, I'm going to meet Christ in this meal. Mm-hmm. If it's just bread and juice or bread and wine, and it's a rid- religious act, uh, a rote ritual, then that's all it's going to be. But I think if you're prayerfully engaging that time, um, the Lord always does something. It's mysterious. You know, like you can't, right? You can't formulate it. You make a formula of it. You just prayerfully go into it and trust the Lord. Bethany, what do you think? I think, um, kind of thinking about like, and and ruminating on the question of like how God has been manifesting His truth and His character to me this past season has been really kind of a helpful way for me to engage epiphany because I think this time in the church calendar, I often, I, I, th- I think I, I often want to just be like doing something or having something, uh, more structured a little bit like Lent, mm. I guess, yeah. to, th- to like, 
kind of guide me and this seems epiphany has always kind of been this like I don't really understand it time period mm-hmm. in the church calendar but so I was I was thinking about how to answer that question how has God manifested himself to you in this past season and I had I had like written down a couple things that I thought were maybe it and then while I was driving to work this morning I had this other I had an epiphany wow <laughs> you guys <laughs> I don't know if I can. Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, and I don't know. I guess I haven't even really like sorted it all out in my head. So maybe you guys can help me kind of think through it. But uh, little tiny backstory. I'm going to try to keep this as brief as possible. Um, I really love music. And I grew up um, heavily involved with music. I love where this is going, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) I grew up just heavily involved in music in church, in school. I was in all the musical theater things in high school. And then as I graduated high school and went into college, I was studying music um, because I wanted to be an opera singer or on Broadway. Love the show tunes. Anyways, (laughs) I got married two years into my college degree we moved to Florida couldn't afford out-of-state tuition so I just put school on hold also was just I've struggled with what I now realize is some pretty intense performance anxiety Hmm. and it just kind of messed with this huge part of my life Hmm. that I had just kind of I mean put a lot of my identity into like it was Hmm. like it's the one thing I'm good at I'm gonna just pursue it and I don't know. It's the one thing that I would hear from people like you're talented in this way. God's gifted you in this way. And just felt like it was kind of, that was the path my, my life was on was to somehow just be involved with music. Um, but then after getting married and kind of like realizing that I had some severe performance anxiety, just kind of locked it up and like threw away the key and was like, I'm not going to touch this for a while and then a couple of years ago uh through some Enneagram stuff that we did as a staff kind of realized that like oh I really miss that Mm, and that's something that has Mm. been like missing from my life that I found a lot of joy in anyways all this to say uh if you've been around me for the last two years you've probably heard me talk about how much I love Casey Musgrave's album Golden Hour at some point. I love it so much. Um, and this last year we were able to go see her at Red Rocks. And I came back from that concert and was just like, I like, I want to make music again. I don't care if it's just for me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care if it's just for me or what, but I don't know how I felt just kind of came back feeling helpless and God, gave me this just like, um, I don't really know how else to explain it. I feel like it might, it, it, this feels a little bit strange to me, but like, Dive I, in. I go with it. I picked up my husband's guitar one day and I yes. literally just started playing yes. it and yes. I've never played the guitar before. It's always been an instrument that I've wanted to play, but I didn't know how. And it was when I would try it, it was just too confusing or hard for me. I 
whatever hurts your fingers it does it hurts your fingers so much but um yeah so I've just like slowly been learning mostly Casey Musgraves songs but she's gonna sing one right now I am not (laughs) (laughs) all right you still have severe performance anxiety (laughs) but no I was thinking about how um just like I feel like that has been this like gift to me, Hmm. like in, in this season of life Mm -hmm. that I'm in where like, it, it feels like God's kind of just come and like wrapped his arms around me. And he's like, Hey, I know everything else in your life isn't, isn't going as planned Hmm. and things are hard and it feels like a mess, but I'm going to love you in this very like specific way. Mm. And it's going to, I don't know. I think of the times that I'm sitting around playing music, just messing around as like this time of like rich, deep communion with Mm. God. Like he's, I don't know. It's just this weird, sweet little way that I feel like God's cared for me Mm -hmm. in the last, however however many months that's been like six months, but even more specifically, like after Advent, um, the whole month of January has just felt kind of gray and dreary and whatever, but I've been playing music and playing the guitar and trying to learn songs Mm. and stuff this last month. And I just feel like that's God. I don't know. Is it God manifesting himself to me through, like song and just, I don't know, like comfort and care and, and love. I don't know. What do you guys think? (laughs) Sorry. That was so long and rambly. No, tell that story, girl. I love that. It's really beautiful. I think, uh, what I hear as you tell that story is, um, God has given you a unique gift and, and talents. And I don't, maybe it's not even like yeah obviously skill but it's not even that it's just like longings and desires and like a passion for something mm-hmm. and in his design and, and making of you um and what i what i heard was there's a moment in your time in your life where you just said i'm done with that mm-hmm. and now you're kind of experiencing the Lord's presence and going back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just, so it's just like this, um, you're experiencing his presence and his, um, not calling and like, you're going to be a musician for mm-hmm. the rest of your life, but like calling in a sense of, I've given you this, this gift to steward. Um, and it may just be in the, the joy and the quiet of your own living room. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're you're experiencing his presence in those moments and yeah. i think that's that's the beauty of your story there yeah yeah and it's it's doing something in my heart that's like causing me to worship him mm. in a way that's different than like any i've ex- experienced mm-hmm. i would say in my life thus far mm. I don't know. I, I just thought just of like, like absolutely believe that the Holy Spirit empowers creative renewal and yeah. what you're yeah. going through. Yes, yeah. that's yeah, that's a creative renewal, and he's. I think that's that's a beautiful way of saying it. That's what I, I feel like. Yeah, the Holy Spirit 
has just totally been at work on this one thing that I like have wanted so desperately mm -hmm. for so long, but like was like, well, I kind of shut it down years ago and I don't mm -hmm. think it's ever going to come back. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't even like asking for it to come back. It just like happened. So this is just a perfect, perfect example. I didn't know you were going to tell this story. I am so thrilled to hear you say this because when you first disclosed like a couple of years ago that this was part of your part of who you were, mm -hmm. I had known you a long time mm -hmm. before I knew this about you. Mm -hmm. And it was, I've just been like wondering and praying and watching to see when is this going to come through? Cause of course it'll come through. Mm -hmm. It'll come through. Mm -hmm. But like what I love about what you're saying and what totally um, knits beautifully together with epiphany is the idea that like the Lord's glory is manifest in our stories. Mm. And when there is slow, a little slowdown and a little attention paid to our stories, yeah. he is waking us up. Mm. He's waking us up all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you guys, we didn't discuss this beforehand, <laughs> but the place we find ourselves podcast is. Yeah. Uh, with Adam Young. Yeah. If anybody's not listening to it, put it in your ears right now, right now. But he has a, a paradigm. It's also kind of comes out of Dan Allender's work too, about the idea that when the Lord created us, bearing his image is also bearing his glory mm -hmm. and bearing his authority that we're not just, I don't know. It's, it's, an, it's like adding a dimension to what we already know about being made in the image of God, that not only are we made to be whole and to walk with him, we're actually created for, we're created to rule. And he quotes the book of Luke where Jesus says to his disciples, I've conferred on you a kingdom. Mm. And it's, I have conferred on you a kingdom. It's like we get to share in the rule of Jesus. Yeah. And so epiphany to me allows us to stop for a little while and think about our stories mm. and think about like what possible part of our ruling and our kingdom do we need to maybe reawaken to mm -hmm. or or listen to or welcome back in mm -hmm. um so i will tell you a little story about how this is working out for me right yeah. now Please. i just started teaching so again many years ago kind of like you back in the way back <laughs> if we get in the way back machine um I taught creative writing and literature and English before my kids came along. And I've just started teaching a creative writing class again to fifth, sixth and seventh graders. And it is so much fun. Mm -hmm. I am alive because of that class. And I'm just super grateful that the Lord is giving me the opportunity to work with these kids who are smart and free creatively and like full of fun and it's they're just the best but it's also it's also showing me this really clear way like creativity is part of being alive mm -hmm. and it can manifest in different people in totally different ways and that's there's a huge field of creative creative that was moira <laughs> from Anyway, um, there's a huge field of creative opportunity. It's not defined just one way. Yeah. So I don't mean to say like everybody's got to paint or whatever, but like, like we're, this is a way that we express the glory of God, the authority of God, the rule of God is in yeah. our creative lives. And I have just loved talking with my students. So I'm teaching at a little Christian school. So it, I can talk 
to them about God as creator and mm. how we have creative mm. um, image bearing properties. Right. And so um, it's been great to talk about that. And it's, it's been, it's not only do I get to teach them, but I'm teaching myself like, yeah, the Lord cares deeply and he's made us to be creative and he's made us to be alive. He's made us to love beauty. He's made us to be just awake in our senses. Um, and when we kind of engage that awakeness, we can experience epiphany, I think in fresh ways. So Darby, you shared with us a podcast episode uh, from the Note to Self podcast about being bored and brilliant. That was the term that Mm -hmm. they were using in this specific episode. And Mm -hmm. it seems like this podcast is very driven towards being aware of how tech and digital things are affecting our lives. And this one in particular was focusing on this book that, uh, this episode in particular was focusing on this book that challenges people to take a, a seven day boredom challenge mm-hmm. essentially. Right. Um, and, uh, they kind of just lay out these seven ways of getting bored. If you're to take the, <laughs> the week challenge, you know, a day, a day's practice of, of getting bored. Um, the, fr- the phrase she used in this podcast was unlocking your most productive and creative self. Mm-hmm. And I, I that kind of ties back to what we were just talking about was when, when we are working to kind of free ourselves from life's distractions. And I think January and February and March kind of have a tendency to do that because yeah, yeah. November and December <laughs> were so intense. Right. January, these, these early winter months of, of the new year, tend to be a little bit more still and slow and gray, at least in the Midwest. And so like we were saying, it kind of spiritually makes us ready to be bored and to maybe have some epiphanies yeah. um, personally and spiritually. Um, but before we get into that, I kind of just want to walk through these seven ways of getting bored and just kind of banter about these. So the first one was observe yourself taking, taking notes of just how you practice. And in this, in this podcast episode, they were talking about how you look at your phone, like how long you look at your phone, Mm -hmm. this guy Mm -hmm. that they were interviewing six hours one day. See, he spent on his phone. Um, well now thanks to Apple. Yeah. We get our screen time reports every Sunday. I get mine every Sunday during church (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, Oh, it's, okay. It's, Time to reset. It's your, it's your call. Goal. Yeah, it's your call to <laughs> confession and repentance. Yeah. Uh, the second one is keep your phone out of reach, which I thought while in motion, which I thought was interesting, is yeah. like when you're walking or driving, especially while you're driving, <laughs> don't have your phone in your hand. Like put it in your pocket, put it in a bag. Yeah. Um. Which, if you put it in your pocket, I still feel there's just a natural tendency to pull it out of your pocket. Well, A, it's too big to fit in your pocket. It's uncomfortable yeah. in your pocket. So you're going to get it out to just put it somewhere else mm-hmm, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, the day three of this challenge was no photos or text messages. I thought that was really fascinating. But I like photos. Right. Use your camera. <laughs> I like text don't, messages. Don't, don't, use my use your camera, DS, yeah. DSLR. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, dust yeah. it off. Get yeah. It out. Or call people, talk to people. Yeah. Mm. interesting yeah yeah um day four was delete the apps that drive you crazy so the ones that are like pulling a lot of your attention like Mm. just delete off your phone Mm -hmm. um 
um, day five was take a vacation from online interactions. So mm-hmm. like just set your, you know, your, your vacation notification in on your email for a day and just say, Hey, I'm not going to respond to this email. I'm on vacation for a day or just, you know, don't get on Facebook or whatever. Uh, day six was notice something that you wouldn't see if you weren't looking at your phone, which I thought was interesting. Mm. And because of the nature of you know, the podcast, it was a recording. And so he said, this podcast is brought to you by the cicadas of this specific park I was walking <laughs> through. And so it's like, oh, it's not just seeing, mm-hmm. but it's using all the senses in, mm-hmm. a, in a way of like, when you're not looking at your phone, when yeah. you're not distracted, you can engage the world around you in such a different way. Um, yeah, I think nature is one of those things that we miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even driving. I notice I, I live about six blocks away from our church and mm-hmm. where I work and walking, you notice things that you don't even see. You mm-hmm. don't even see for a second while you drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so just the, the slowness uh, that comes when you're not looking at your phone uh, or your awareness. So those uh, those points are from the book called Bored and Brilliant, which is the topic right, right. of the podcast, the Notes to Self podcast. And if you want to check out that podcast, the episode is called Eavesdropping on Epiphany. And they're not using Epiphany in any kind of liturgical year context. <laughs> no. But um, when I found the episode and listened to it, I thought, like, there are so many parallels here that are important. Um, yeah. And when we think about spiritual epiphanies and secular epiphanies, there's a right. it's a thin line. Like yeah. it's <laughs> we're capable of both of those and they're kind of kind of related so yeah well in the last the last practice or the last day of getting bored is just go get bored like after you've done all these things Mm -hmm. now just be bored Mm -hmm. go get bored which i get you know it creates room to read more you have better focus um this this man that they were interviewing said he was happier Mm -hmm. and he had space to think about other things that he could do he could Mm -hmm. be creative Mm -hmm. with how he was using his time and the resources given to him um but my concern after listening to this podcast was well what happens if getting bored is just the end like if if being released from all those things Mm -hmm. is the goal what are we left to do is it just this self uh, satisfying, like, oh, I, now I have things to, other things to do. Yeah. Like, is it just a way of being more productive? Like in a way, doesn't it just turn into like another life hack? Right. Which I feel like in the next 20 years, we're going to be having podcasts about how we're too productive. Like if, if, if more productivity, (laughs) is nobody will ever say that about me. (laughs) (laughs) But if, you know, if these things are the end, then yeah, in 20 years are going to be satisfied or dissatisfied with that end. Right. And so as we live in this in-between life, um, waiting for what, you know, Orthodox Christians are waiting for is that ultimate hope, hmm. our future hope when Christ returns and all things are made new. Um, how do we live for that now in this age of distraction and needing to be bored in some sense what's what's our greater call than just getting bored <laughs> i mean if, how do you know that if you got bored nothing would happen what, what if you mean? what if you took the challenge and in the last day you're like today i'm just supposed to be bored and i'm terrified or not terrified but i'm concerned that this is a waste of time and nothing's gonna happen <clears throat> yeah like what if there's a what if there's a way that 
your brain needs space to do something that you just don't see coming. Mm. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's ties back to the stories that you guys shared. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Christian, and I think for the secular person too, I think this is the longing of all of our hearts, mm-hmm. is we want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. So that's what pulls us to our devices yeah. now. Like in 2020, that's what pulls us to our devices mm-hmm. now. In the year 2000, it was something else. In the year 1980, it was something else. Right, but, you know, like right, right, right. This isn't a new problem that people are distracted. Mm-hmm. Um, I really prefer to blame my devices for all that stuff. Yeah. And I resent it when you tell me that that's not, that the problem is actually predates my phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like, one- oh man, I had a scapegoat. <laughs> it was so nice. Yeah. Well, one of the confessions that we use in our church, um, it is called we are prodigals. And so I think this just speaks to the fact that this is a human heart problem, right. not a device problem. Hmm. Uh, the confession says, our father in heaven, we confess that we are prodigals. We have run away from you in pursuit of pleasures that do not satisfy. Boredom is not going to satisfy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have spurned your love and wasted your gifts only to find ourselves alone, empty, and unfulfilled. Bring us today to the end of ourselves and help us return to you. Uh, I think I think this confession is speaking to the human heart is that we've always longed to be satisfied in something, mm-hmm. to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. But if it's not in Christ alone, we're going to find ourselves alone and empty and unfulfilled. And that's, that's my concern with this kind of godless answer to this mm. distracted age that we're in is right. we'll just get bored. Yeah. And like do the deep work to like be more productive and creative I think that in the end that that's going to leave us unsatisfied too. Yeah. So you're saying neither distraction nor boredom provides what we really need in our souls. Mm -hmm. Right. And because we have a long, long season of being super distracted and overstimulated. Now the trend is moving more toward like unplugging from things. Mm -hmm. I personally am still right there in that trend. And Mm -hmm. you are asking me to think beyond the trend of unplugging and Mm -hmm. say like, there is yet more to consider. Yeah. Because there's nothing new under the sun. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Stark says in his book, uh, the possibility of prayer, I've I've just started reading it and it's, it's brilliant. Uh, he says, spiritual boredom and distraction are not a new phenomena. They did not arrive with the advent of the internet. Christian leaders from the ancient church fathers to pastors today have been concerned about dealing with spiritual boredom and distraction. Henry Nguyen says that Nowen. our mind... Try Nowen. Thank you, English teacher. <laughs> Henry Nowen says that our minds are often a banana tree filled with monkeys when we try to sit, in, sit and be still in prayer. The old Egyptian monk Abba Agathon wrote, For every time a man wants to pray, his enemies, the demons, want to prevent... For they know that this is only by turning him from prayer that they can hinder his journey. So he's obviously talking about the spiritual practice and discipline of prayer, but his point that this is not a new problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the enemy, uh, the prince and ruler of the air, has always wanted to distract us from experiencing God, from mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. revealing Himself to us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I think there's ways for us to strive and work and prepare for that. But I also think there's ways in which God just shows up and manifests himself. You had an interesting comment a minute ago before we started about what was going on when the manifestations of Jesus occurred. Say some more about it. Yeah. So if if we look at those moments in scripture where, uh, where the church has looked at how has Christ been manifested to the world, you know, we look at uh, Jesus being born and, and the, the Magi finding him, um, you know, the Magi were studying the stars. They were familiar enough with, um, science and what, you know, ancient scriptures had said that they knew the star in the sky was something significant. And so they'd followed that star and they found Jesus, um, but man, they had no idea the implications of that. Yeah, so they were paying attention to something, but they didn't know what was coming exactly. Right? Did they know they were going to find a, a two-year-old child, <laughs> you know, playing on the floor in a, a Jewish home? <laughs> right? Uh, when when Jesus was baptized, uh, you know, people were going to John the Baptist to get baptized to repent, and Jesus shows up, and the Holy Spirit descends on him and they hear the voice of God say, this is my son who I'm well pleased. So they thought they were just going to the river to get baptized because, you know, they wanted to repent of their sins. And then they experienced the presence of God, Jesus being transfigured on the mountain, you know, James and John are still trying to figure out James and John and Peter, right? It's the three, it's Mm -hmm. the inner three, it's the inner circle. They're there just following Jesus, still not sure who this guy is. And all of a sudden they see him in glory with Moses and Elijah. And, uh, you know, this is, this is prior to right before Jesus goes to the cross. And so to them, he's a great teacher. There's something different about him. And in a moment he shows up as this glorified being, this divine being he he's more than just this jewish rabbi he's the messiah and so there's ways in which we prepare in which we follow the lord and we we try to obey his commands and we are walking and and trying to be uh, diligent in our spiritual disciplines but there's also this sense of which god just shows up Mm -hmm. and god manifests himself to us on our car on the way to work Mm -hmm. and there's something uh, that we, we just have to hold that tension, I think. Yeah, there's something interesting about like just positioning yourself in a place of just being receptive. Because mm. it feels like all of those people who were on the sidelines when Jesus was manifest were attuned to something. They were receptive to right. something. And uh, they were paying attention. Mm-hmm. And what came to them was maybe not what they expected. but. Yeah. There is, that's a good, that's a good word to us in epiphany. Mm -hmm. Like, are we positioned? Yeah. In a good way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we can't engineer the rest, right? Right. Like we have to just accept our limits for the rest of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, what, what you were talking about, I think, I think it's also just interesting in our current cultural moment with how like connected we are to devices and everything 
I just finished reading Seth Haynes' new book called The Book of Waking Up, where mm. he he uh, talks a lot about how like we're all kind of formed and shaped by pain in our lives. Mm. And a lot of us spend most of our lives just trying to cope with it and some of the coping mechanism. I mean, coping mechanisms, uh, he he talks about are like addiction. Um, and I mean, you're talking about like alcoholism and, and drug addiction and stuff like that. But he also talks about like addiction to food or not addiction mm -hmm. to control um, or even just like being connected and like how how do we cope with, you know, the pain in our lives and mm. a lot of times. So I'm thinking of like I think of us as looking at our phones to try and distract us from mm -hmm. from the stuff that we don't want to think about in our lives. Yeah. And so even just the idea of like I'm assuming that this person who was on the podcast and wrote the book is not probably a Christian. So the idea of like getting bored is intriguing to me because I'm like, it's oftentimes once you kind of get bored or you like, let's say you have a day of solitude, I think, yeah, God definitely shows up in ways that you're not always anticipating. And like, mm -hmm. it's interesting to me to have to hear someone who's not a Christian talk about that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, what do you like if, we're going to try to distract ourselves in some way, shape or form. So whether or not it's with our phone, we're, we're going to turn to something else. If yeah. like all this other stuff comes up. Yeah. I don't know. It's just interesting. Like to think about how, I don't know where I'm going with this. Well, yeah. I mean, this has played out in my, in my own life. I've, I've shared with you guys off the record that like I've struggled with, relational loneliness, just mm -hmm. feeling that emptiness relationally, um, early, early on, like memories when I was three or four years old mm -hmm. and, um, how I learned to cope with that as I grew up and the advent of the internet, like mm -hmm. AOL instant messenger was the way that I connected with people mm -hmm. when I was a teenager yeah. and, and MSN messenger and like the chat room world, you guys remember chat rooms? Like <laughs> There was this time, time it, yeah, you, where you could just go and talk to complete strangers, age, sex, location, ASL, you know, like <laughs> you would just throw that out and meet new people. And it was, it was fun. And I would usually do that after leaving intense communal spaces, which I didn't feel connected with people. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And so I would go home and just like, oh, I'm gonna go chat with my friends and how that, that turned into like Facebook and, and uh, Twitter and things that I have access to now, it's like, oh, these were tools of coping for me mm -hmm. and how I would avoid the loneliness that I felt. Um, and as I've been processing that and like literally like in silence asking God, hey, God, show up and help me see those moments of loneliness and him giving those to me. Right. It, things that I never considered where I was lonely, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I felt lonely there. Mm -hmm. And like God and God's kindness showing me how I was coping with loneliness and relational emptiness and how he was present mm -hmm. in those moments and yeah. how he was present with me now as I, as I was processing all that. So this isn't an internet problem. This is a heart problem. And it just gets manifested if you want to use the opposite end of the, of the conversation, like my pain um 
my loneliness was being manifested in these times and the internet was the way I coped with it. Okay. Can I ask a personal question? Please. <laughs> um, when you have asked the Lord to show you your memories of loneliness mm -hmm. and he does, how is he present to you in those memories? What's he saying to you? Mm -hmm. Um, I think, so this is the cliche Psalm. The Psalms have been really helpful to me. Yeah. Personally. It's not a cliche, man. It's, but everybody says it, but it's, it's super true. Uh, that like Psalm 23, mm -hmm. um, So in those moments of loneliness, in those moments of pain, um, I can just hear the Lord saying, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. Like, those are dark valleys. Mm -hmm. And you felt alone, but you're not. And so here, here's, the, here's the thing, the weird thing, the mysterious thing is in my prayers, asking God to show me that he's with me. Mm -hmm in those moments mm -hmm. that he was with me and is with me. Um, though I can't say like, Oh, I can see Jesus in the room with me when right. I was experiencing that loneliness. I sense his presence mm -hmm. and like, Oh, that pain isn't as sharp anymore because I know you were there. You're there and you're there in the pastures and you're there in the valleys. Mm -hmm. um, so just hearing his reassuring voice in that Psalm, um, he's restoring your soul for his namesake. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, and so it doesn't erase the pain, mm -hmm. but it, 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 re it redeems the pain mm -hmm. in a, in a, in a way that, um, it, it, it expresses the patience of God because yeah. I really wish I didn't have to experience those mm -hmm. moments of pain. Mm -hmm. But at 36 years old, God is saying, Hey, you're experiencing me in a way that you never have before. Mm -hmm. And I go, well, maybe that's why. Mm -hmm. It's suffering, and you're with me in my suffering, and your suffering is pointed towards knowing you and, and experiencing your glory. Mm -hmm. Now, not just in the end, but now. Right, right. So that's that's kind of what I've, how I've experienced the manifestation of God in my personal life over these last, I don't know, five months, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's not fun. You know, it, <laughs> Seth Haynes, he talks about pain, you know, like it's pain, it's hurt, it hurts, it's mm -hmm. wounds, it's, it's weaknesses, it's sin, it's all the, it's all that stuff wrapped up and just to be able to experience the presence of God in it, to, to experience his, uh, his nearness is, uh, yeah, it's restoring. Okay. Yeah. You just said it's not fun, but I was thinking about, okay, the painful part's not fun. But the other part of that psalm is that your cup will run over. Right. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you. Yeah. And he prepares a table for you. In the presence. In the presence of the of enemies. Enemy. Of the enemies. And so. Yeah. Um, there is fun in that, Mike. Well, okay, but listen. Right. <laughs> listen. Fun and play are part of God's kingdom. Yeah. And as we. Okay, so. Enneagram again. So the fours, the ones, the nines who, who know everything. Um, we, yep. we like can really get into like, I was in the valley. The Lord was with me and yeah. there's a sweetness and a satisfaction there. Mm -hmm. And I am saying the next level that we have to engage is my cup runs over. Yeah. Well, 
you know, going back to what we were talking about communion on the Lord's table, Ooh. I, that's how I've had to approach the Lord's table is this is you preparing a table for me in the midst of my enemies. Mm. Like we will one day. It partake. sounds like you're worried about the people at church. No, with you. no. no. Okay. No, no. Good. <laughs> um, the baggage I bring to the Lord's table mm. and, um, like one day we'll partake in this meal and there won't be any baggage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there won't be any pain mm-hmm. and, there won't be no, and there won't be any tears. Mm-hmm. The Lord's presence will be there in a way that we've never experienced it. Mm-hmm. But now I go to the Lord's table knowing that this table has been prepared for me in the midst of my enemies mm-hmm. and it's here, which I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've begun to realize like Psalm 23 isn't about how can I get back to the pasture, but it's mm-hmm. about, how can I experience the Lord now in this valley? Mm. And I don't see the valley as like circumstantial, circumstantial valley, but no, we're just, we're just in the valley waiting. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're going somewhere. We, we see where we're going. We see the mountaintop. We're, we're walking there. And in the, in this, in between, we're just in the presence of God and partaking at his table and all of our enemies are around us. <laughs> Bethany and I were reading the Union with Christ book by Rankin Wilborn. And there's one section that we were discussing where there's a quote by the poet Christina Rossetti. And the line is something like, is it uphill all the way? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes, all the way to the very end. And it is uphill all the way. Yep. We don't ever really get to coast. Yeah. That's okay. But we're not alone, you know? Yeah. We're not alone. Yeah. And, and it's not like God, me, it's God, me and you guys mm-hmm. and the community that God has put us in and right. my brothers and sisters that I don't see all the time, but I'm still connected with. And mm-hmm. like, we're walking this journey together and we're, we're going there together. Mm-hmm. Um, and the joy of it is, is that we, we don't have to do it alone. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening to us. Um, we just, enjoyed conversing with each other and hope that it's been a benefit to you. Um, we'd love to hear from you as well. We always love getting messages and emails um, when you let us into your process and your journey too. So if you want to shoot us a message, um, our email is theinbetweenpod at gmail.com and um, we'll have another episode on Epiphany coming out soon. See you then. <laughs>